This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Uh, Scott Forbes, the uh, baseball coach at North Carolina, will join us coming up here in about a half an hour or so. We've had baseball on the brain, and uh, we just talked about Virginia Tech and how cool a story that's going to be coming up this weekend. Hokies are in the Super Regional for the very first time, chance to punch their ticket to get to Omaha. And we're now joined by Ryan Metz, who joins us from Blacksburg, and there he is. Ryan, first of all, uh, good morning and congratulations. Man, what a great season it's been for the Hokies. Good morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been an awesome ride so far, and we're definitely excited to keep it going. Uh, I can only imagine uh, what it's going to be like this weekend. Here come the Sooners. You get a chance to host a Super Regional for the very first time. You guys only scored 46 runs in your three (laughs) games in the Regional. The ball looks like the size of a beach ball. Uh, Man, just the anticipation for what's coming up this week. What's it been like? Oh, it's awesome. You know, having being able to play at home in front of Hokie Nation and just the way they continue to show out, uh, being in the comfort of our own park uh, has been awesome. And we're just we're excited to keep going. Ryan, take us back to the the weekend regional where it gets to the what you hope is the final game, and you get handed the ball as a fifth year senior had only made. Three starts, just pitched 29 and two-thirds on the season, and your pitching coach and, and your head coach, Chef, hand you the ball. What were those conversations like uh, pregame, day before? When did you know you were going to get that start, and, and how'd you feel out there? Yeah, I, I think I found out about an hour and a half, two hours before the game, so there wasn't <laughs> a ton of time for the nerves to set in. Um but, you know, honestly, with the way the offense works and the way the night before had gone, we put up 24 runs. Uh, kind of my thought was just go in and, and keep the game as, as close as possible until the offense has a chance to do what they do. Um, and thankfully, we were able to do that. And Carson Martini came up with a big hit, uh, I think, in the fifth inning and uh, obviously went on to win it. But, yeah, it was really just keep, the, keep them down as long as possible to let our offense work. One of only two fifth-year seniors who were freshmen on Coach Chef's uh, first Virginia Tech team. And you get that standing ovation as you're going off the field. I mean, when you committed, I don't even know if this was part of your dreams, uh, the cliche, if your dreams went this far, but what was that moment like for you with that standing ovation, knowing that, yeah, we're, we're probably going to win this regional? Yeah, I mean, when I committed to Virginia Tech, we hadn't really done much um, in the past couple of years. And uh, Coach Chef kind of came in, and I was actually recruited by the old staff. But when I got there, Coach Chef, I remember sitting in his office, and he was like, we're, we're going to get it done here, and you guys are going to be the class that, that leads it. Um, and I, I think we all kind of took that to heart and took that uh, to follow Coach Chef and, and what he did at Maryland, and now we're doing here at Virginia Tech. Um, and so it was, it was an awesome moment, but it's really a team thing and, and really – just proud of the way the team has, has done what it's done, and we're, we're looking forward to keep it, keeping it going. Ryan, I've mentioned a couple times during the baseball season uh, in reference to the Virginia Tech men's basketball program, which won the ACC championship, uh, the basketball team got off to an 0-4 start in the league, and you're like, man, this team is too good to be messing around with a slow start. And then at the end of the day, they're cutting down the nets in Brooklyn. You guys got off to a slow start. Same deal. Uh, from a baseball perspective, getting swept by Georgia Tech to start the year. Now you find yourself red hot. It's kind of funny how the ebb and flow of a baseball season goes, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, getting swept by Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech, and um, I think we lost two of those three games in overtimes on walk-offs and extra innings. And, 
you know, that kind of kind of stung a little bit. And this team kind of looked at what the basketball team did and just kind of put our head down and kept fighting. Um, and I think that's been really encouraging for this team to look back on and, and know that we're never out of a game and there's always grit and uh, it, it's, it's just a matter of time. I think it's easy in the baseball season with how long it is to kind of put your head down and be like, ah, it's not our day, we'll get them tomorrow. Uh, and that, this team really hasn't done that all year. It's, it's always been a fight. And I think that's really encouraging for us in the postseason that we're never out of a game. Speaking of long, uh, you had one of those games against Columbia. I don't know that the game went four and a half hours, and I think three and a half hours were that fourth inning uh, where you guys put up 14 runs in the fourth. As a pitcher who's not in the game uh, at that point, and you're watching that happen, what's the feel that that you're getting in the pen and and watching this whole thing happen as you're looking at your watch going, how, how many crooked numbers are we putting up here? Yeah, I mean, it just kept going, and we just, cut, I think, kept getting more and more excited. And like I said, Hokie Nation had absolutely showed out, and they just, where they were loving it. It was awesome. All right, so with that said, I mean, I'm married to a Hokie. I know about the passionate fan base. Uh, I mean, listen, winning a national championship has been a, on the to-do list for every Virginia Tech team from day one. Do you, do you catch yourself daydreaming a little bit, or is it, hey, we got to worry about Oklahoma and Friday, and that's the only thing that matters? But do you, do you catch yourself thinking, man, we are so close to getting to Omaha? Yeah, and, and all the time, all the time daydreaming. Uh, but it you know, kind of forces us to take a step back and just take it one game at a time. And I think Chef does a, Coach Chef does a really good job of uh, harping about that for us, of, of stay in the moment, take one game at a time. We're focused on today's practice, and then we'll focus on tomorrow's practice. And um, he's, he's really, really good at that. You mentioned uh, Chef there who you know, did some great things at Maryland as well, broke a long 40-plus-year NCAA tournament drought with Maryland. They get to a, a Super Regional years ago, comes over here, Virginia Tech. Now he's getting this team to a Super Regional. I mean, lightning can strike once, but uh, twice is, is really hard to do, and he's doing it here. You're with him on a daily basis. What is it about Coach Chef that has made this program uh, so successful? Well, baseball can be such an up-and-down game. It, you know, there's the highs, there's the lows, like I mentioned, getting swept, uh, but then also us doing the sweeping. Um, and so one of the things that he does so well is he's the same person every single day. We always know what we're going to get. And he really instills that in us, too, to, to not let the highs be too high and the lows be too low. Uh, and it just, just preaches consistency, and I think that's what this team's been able to do so well. Ryan, what do you know about Oklahoma? I know they knocked us out of the 2013 regional um, and ended that season. And uh, we, we keep that at the forefront of our mind, too. Hold on a second. That was nine years ago. Okay. I mean, that's 2013. So were you a fan at that point or is Chef bringing this up? Like, what's going on here? Uh, I was not a fan of 2013. I, I didn't really know much about Virginia Tech until I started getting recruited. Um, but we faced them my freshman year in 2017. Okay. I think we won that game. But... Uh, we're excited to to be able to go at him again. Yeah, but so what do you know about him? Other than the fact that 2013, you're like, okay, that's a little motivating rah-rah. <laughs> so, but what do you really know about this lineup? You know, uh, not a ton uh, yet. But honestly, I think it more matters about us. You know, we we give the, the opponent we're facing respect, but not too much. You know, it's all about us, to be honest. Virginia Tech, and you mentioned about you. Uh, 313 batting average for this team, which is top 10 nationally. This lineup, there just aren't a lot of breaks. And 
it's I don't know if it's like basketball, but facing them in practice when you're doing uh, some live sessions. What is it about this lineup and specifically a couple of guys in particular and Shovel and Cross that just continue uh, to rake there in the postseason? Well, I think it starts with just being a selfless offense is they're just not they don't care who gets the credit. Um, but then not to mention, too, that they just have such good at bats, such good eyes. Uh, they talk to each other so well about what the opposing pitcher is trying to do. Uh, they just can beat you in so many different ways, whether it's slugging home runs or bunt game, uh, drawing walks when they need to. They, they can just, they're so dangerous and so tough to pitch to. Um, I think I joked with Gavin in, in, when the season first started. I said, man, I'm glad I never have to face you again. <laughs> By the way, speaking of joking, uh, baseball to me, baseball's always got characters. Like, you pick a team, there's always a jokester, there's a prankster. Uh, and with that said, on this Hokie team, uh, who would you put on the top of that list on this roster? Man. From a pranking standpoint. We, we're a very loose team, I would say. And so it's, it's always a lot of fun. I, I think I got to give the edge to Sean Fisher, though. Um, that dude's so funny. All right. So give me a four instance. Give me, a, give me something he pulled on somebody who went, man, that's our guy. Well, in the last game, they brought a whiteboard to the field uh, for that regional final game. And I was pitching, so I didn't see much of what they were writing until after the fact. But when I came out, I saw what he was writing on the whiteboard. And I, I mean, just just funny. I mean, just just guys that make you laugh. Keep so, it loose. So you're saying this is not for air is what you're telling me. <laughs> no, they were showing it to the to the fans and having fun with the fans. Uh, but I don't, I don't remember a specific instance, but they just... Always find ways to keep everybody entertained. And in, in staying loose in a sport like baseball where things can be squeezed a little tight, especially yeah. in the NCAA tournament, you get to the regionals, you're expected to win, you're a top five seed, and now you're going to the Supers. How does this team do it, and how important is that this time of year to just try and stay loose in a, in a sport that is so mental? Well, I think, to be honest, one of the things that we've done really well in this team is kind of embraced is – uh, where our identity lies and seeing that our identity is not necessarily in who we are as baseball players, but as brothers and to just continue to love one another so well. We um, came to kind of came together early in the season and, and be we're willing to look at each other as more than just baseball players and what you can contribute to on the field. Um, and I think that's really helped this team to stay together so well. And that's uh, a big key to our success, I would say. Was there a moment, and what was it this year, where you realized, whether it was practice or in a game earlier in the season, where you said, you know what, this team, th- this team has the makings of something that could be very, very special? Yeah, I'm going to be honest, it wasn't at the field. It was off the field. I think we were at a Bible study together, and so many guys had shown up, and we were just kind of sitting around talking, and it was like, this group just has the camaraderie of, of any, a different camaraderie of any team that I've ever been a part of. Um, and it just felt like a winning culture because of the way we loved each other so well. Uh, and we're just so for each other. Like I mentioned, like we don't care who gets the credit. Um, and so that was an, an awesome part that I think we kind of looked around and we're like, nah, this team's different. Ron, it's been a special spring in Blacksburg. I mean, the, the softball program had an incredible year, even though I know they were disappointed uh, with what happened in the NCAAs. And here are you guys on the cusp of getting to Omaha if you could win this series. What, what would it mean? to Virginia Tech fans and to your baseball team and the community if you guys made it to Omaha? Uh, I don't know if there's really words. I think um, we're excited for that prospect. We're, you know, understand that we're only two games away. 
but we got two big games uh, in front of o- us with Oklahoma. And so, uh, I, you know, I think it would mean absolutely everything to this community. But, um, you know, unfortunately, like this, the softball team ran into a good team with Florida. And we know that we got a good team coming in, too, with Oklahoma. And we're not going to overlook them. All right. Well, listen, before we let you go, since you're making your debut with us, uh, I got to ask you the question. Since you've been in Virginia Tech, what's been your hardest class? <laughs> Ooh, okay. My hardest class, I would say, uh, was a, a class I took this past year called Spacecraft Propulsion. Okay. Hold on a second. You, did you, you say, got that? Did chick? you say, is it Spacecraft Propulsion? Propul- yes, sir. Propulsion. Okay. What's your major? What is your major? I'm uh, mechanical engineering with a focus in aerospace. Okay, all right. So that's it wasn't an elective. All right, well, let me just try this thing out. Um, all right, it's so like what, you pulling out of the driveway here in about forty five minutes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling out of here. Uh, what was the what? What do you want to do? Like what? What's the what's the end goal if it's not baseball? Uh, I've actually accepted a job with uh, Northrop Grumman, a contractor for NASA, working on rockets. Whoa, whoa. Nice. Hold on a second. That's Hold a that different thing. level in every sense of the word. How often do you use the joke, come on, it's just baseball, it's not rocket science? Like, how much do you, do you use that here in baseball? <laughs> I've, I've had that thrown at me a couple times, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so just throw strikes, man. Just That's it. Strikes. Hey, listen, congratulations on all your success, uh, both on the field and off of it. And uh, rooting for you guys this weekend. Again, it's going to be an incredible scene. Uh, and good luck, man. Look forward to seeing you guys rolling in Omaha. It'll be some kind of story. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. You got Ryan Metz taking care of business for the Hokies. How about that story? So he's there for 2018, 2019, right? He's there part of the first two seasons. That first year, they go 8-22. and 22. Next year, they go 9-21 and 21 in ACC play, right? And then it switches a little bit. And then you get to this point. And I don't think people really understand not, not only how tough that is, but then once you get there, how tough it is to sustain. Exactly right. And, and how much some, a season like this can just springboard a program to doing this annually. I mean, the, these super regionals, these regionals are commercials for these programs. And then you get a coach like Coach Chef at Virginia Tech who's like, look, here's the brochure. I took Maryland to a super Hadn't been to the tournament in 40-plus years, and now I'm taking Virginia Tech here. There were only three or four programs that had been to the tournament out of the ACC fewer times than Virginia Tech. Like This is a new frontier for this program, getting to a super for the first time and a chance now to get to Omaha. Um, I'm I'm with you. I think that that, uh, Charles Schwab Field in Omaha, if they can get there – there's going to be a lot of hokey going on. Oh, there's no question. And of the 16 teams still remaining, Virginia Tech's the only one making their debut in a Super Regional. So, I mean, it, it's got a great vibe and a cool story to it. And Ryan Metz is just one of many uh, that have added to uh, the, the storyline. And uh, even in what you've done from an academic standpoint, again, I brag about this all the time on this show, the student-athletes in this league are remarkable. There's great storylines all over the place. What was your toughest class that you took? Uh, actually, it was rocket propulsion. <laughs> it was not. It was not. At all. <laughs> Some other propulsion, but it wasn't rockets. Huh? Oh no, that's right. That's right. that's exactly what it was. Uh, quick break. We come back. Uh, take phone calls too. As mentioned, that uh, Scott Forbes from North Carolina will join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. Got Matt Chick. He's filling in for Wes. I'm Mark Packer. It's Packer and Durham. You guys, right here on ACC Network. When we come back, oh yeah, we got football in the brain. Thirteen mil. That's what it'll take you at Buckeye Land. How about your school? How are we doing in that department? All that coming up next right here on the ACC Network.
the Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham from the basement without Durham. Got Matt Chick in there. He has survived Chester and Fuller. Feeling great. I, you know, Feeling Hives, you, got, you are light years ahead of where oh, you uh, made your debut. I was petting them uh, earlier. They Look how excited they are that I'm here. I mean, there's just an enthusiasm, <laughs> unbridled enthusiasm here. The, 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 they're just so engaging with me. They can tell that that uh, their best buddy is here. They can't be more excited. If, if it makes you feel better, Chester gets on top of the, what we call the Roger Goodell chair. Uh, and normally you have the Commissioner Phillips uh, rug up there, but it's being cleaned. So Chester's out like a light, but that's par for the course. He sleeps for the entire show. And Fuller uh, normally is laying on, on Wes's feet. So he's kind of moved around a little bit. Now he's hiding behind the Woodford Reserve sign uh, with his tennis ball. But it, it, believe me, at 9.55, you will be amazed with the energy that they show. As we stand up. It's time it's, to, you boy, are you guys done running your mouths for three hours? Because it's time for us to get out of here. We're just white noise right now. We put them to That's sleep. It. You know, and then we stand up, and then they'll be they'll be energetic again. That is exactly right. I do appreciate Ryan Metz, though, who yeah. just joined us from Virginia Tech and wished him the very best. Uh, I mentioned that uh, Scott Forbes is going to join us coming up here in about 10 minutes or so from North Carolina. Uh, we mentioned this earlier uh, regarding what Ryan Day said uh, last week, and I, and I applaud him for it because he's the only coach that I know of that has basically openly said, hey, here's the deal. We're going to need about $13 million to take care of our roster. Now, there's a lot of coaches that have kind of given you some window service but haven't gone into any specifics. That's the first one I can recall. I think it's kind of refreshing, but it's also eye-opening and kind of a wake-up call for everybody to understand the business of college football. And Ohio State's about as big time as you want to get from that perspective, and that's what it costs to do business, and that's where we are right now. That's $150,000 per scholarship football player. $150,000. Now, that's... Obviously, they're going to have a quarterback. Like of the thirteen million, how much of that goes to a, you know a CJ Stroud for NIL? I mean, CJ Stroud could put his name in the portal and go anywhere he wants and probably double his salary, quote unquote, or whatever he's making. Yeah, his investment, his investment right. that those have on him uh, for for that. It, it's interesting to hear Ryan Day put a number on it. It's too bad that coaches have to do this and feel like they need to. And the fact... I like it, though. Well, it's, I think it's, it's transparent. It's no clear. Then that's where the sport is. But if you take the 30,000-foot view and go, if Ohio State is out there saying, here's the money we need to keep our roster intact, think about what these other programs that can't even... That's, that's more than coaching salaries, for their entire staff. I mean, Ryan Day just signed a new contract for nine plus million a year. And he's saying that the roster is 13 million. Think about what these other programs are trying to do. 13 million. That's that's not even our recruit. We can't even afford that in our recruiting budget and our facilities. Like that's not that's not where we are. So the line between the haves and the have nots is is certainly going to continue to widen. 
But I've also said that the, the number of teams that could win a national championship before NIL are the same that are going that have a chance to win it after. You're just seeing the spreadsheet now. You're just seeing the, the numbers and what it takes. Yeah, I like it, though. I'd I much rather hear that than, well, that team over there, they went and bought everybody. I mean, well, come on, man. you got to have something stronger than that. Well, here's what this also does, too, is it's also not a passing the buck type of thing. But it does give credence to what makes a good recruiter. Is it the sell, the vision, the playing time? No, it's your collective. It's the money that you can put in the pockets of players through name, image, and likeness. And talking to those who cover recruiting, they will tell you that the conversations from them talking to coaches, the conversations that coaches are having with recruits are all about that. It's name, image, and likeness. You're not having the normal conversation about what we can do for you. You know, maybe there's an academic portion. I would believe there is still in that conversation. But, you know, facilities and structure and scheme and what we can do. It's, no, what, what can you do for my client? What financially can you do? And Ryan Day has been in those conversations, obviously, because he's throwing out a number of $13 million. And that's to keep your roster intact. That's, that's not right. recruits. That's, that's right. everything. That's exactly right. By the way, uh, in, in kind of the same light, uh, there was a hiring yesterday in the ACC at oh, Duke yeah. University with Rachel Baker, who was hired as the, to become the general manager of Duke basketball. And it's going to obviously, obviously have tie-ins with name, image, and likeness and everything else. But I, number one, I don't know her. I look forward to having her on the show because she sounds like, at number one, a delightfully smart woman uh, that's been put in an incredible position, an amazing position. But we're starting to see that now more often in college athletics that somebody becomes the GM for a program. And for that to take place with John Shire and Duke University, uh, kind of, to me, is kind of telling of where we are in this day and age. The GM of a program. The GM of the basketball team. Yeah. It's not the GM of Duke Athletics. No. Right? No, no, That's no. the athletic director. This is a GM of a program. And she's got the Nike connection. Not just a program. The, the program. The program. The program. And that also tells you how NIL has changed the responsibilities of coaches. Sure. Without NIL, John Schuyler's not making this higher. But it has changed the scope where it's like, look, I need to focus on recruiting and my team and beating North Carolina and winning ACC championships. I can't handle all of this. There's too much on my plate. You don't have a staff of, it's not football, where you can hire 25 analysts and put them on your bench. You can't do that in basketball. But what you can do, it's a pretty savvy move here. Rachel Baker, general manager, handle a lot of the periphery, and you wonder how many programs like a Kentucky, like a Kansas, other Blue Bloods, North Carolina, and if they follow suit in this, they will to take it off the plate, or at least to, you know, defer a lot of this other stuff because there is a lot of management yeah. of he manages the players, she can manage a lot of other things. Well, I, again, I, I don't know Rachel, but her background after reading about her, the relationship with Nike, the NBA players, UIBL, and so forth, yeah. all of it, you name it, and and seems to be an incredibly impressive person. And where you're throwing the dart now in this day and age of recruiting and players and money and name, image, and likeness, I mean, it, that seemed and like a home run to me. It's going to be really interesting, too, about how the lines continue to be blurred about NIL and the connections between the, the program 
the collectives, and the student-athletes. I mean, you're hiring a GM who has that Nike connection. You're doing that for a reason. That's right. To get players and to keep players on your roster. And again, there are no restrictions. There are really no rules. So it's all fair, true love and war, and Duke's ready to fight. Yeah, no question. I I thought it was a really interesting hour. We'll get more into that as the week goes on. But uh, congratulations to Rachel and Duke on that front. Uh, Quick break. We come back. Time to talk North Carolina baseball. Yes. Scott Forbes is back. He's eligible to be on, right? He is eligible for this show and for the Super Regional. The Heels are moving on. They got Arkansas coming to Chapel Hill. We'll talk about it with Coach coming up next on Packer and Durham right here on the ACC Network. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham. Matt Schick filling in for uh, Mr. Durham. Numbers 844-SAY-ACCN. Switching gears, we're going to Chapel Hill. North Carolina welcomes in Arkansas this weekend for another great ACC-SEC Super Regional Showdown. And uh, we bring on the head coach of the Tar Heel Baseball Program, the ACC champs, by the way. That'd be Scott Forbes. Coach, first of all, good morning and uh, congratulations and all the success up to date. Thank you so much. Glad to be on with you guys. Good morning to you all. It's always a pleasure. Uh, All right, so I want uh, to do a number of things for you. Could you please explain to me the infield fly rule? That's my first question for you. (laughs) Well, yeah, I can explain it to you really well. But it's pretty basic. If the base runners cannot leave the base, it should be called an infield fly rule. So there you go. That's Uh, where you start. That's right. First, yeah. and, first and at least first and second, and less than two outs. Right. At that's, least first and second. We're showing the correct. play. We're showing the play uh, right here. Kind of a tweeter play, uh, coach. But obviously, there was something that preceded it. As you're watching this, and you're watching that play happen, and you know that there's a previous call. We don't need to get into all of that. But what's kind of going through your mind, combined with the stress of, hey, we got to win this game. Well, I just felt strongly that it should have been called an infield fly. Um, If you go back and really watch it, um, you know, and I talked to a lot of higher upper umpires in the ACC and the SEC and just said, hey, you know, tell me what you saw. And they all, you know, they all told me they they thought it should have been called an infield fly because the first thing they asked themselves as umpires is, okay, it protects the base runners um, and the base runners couldn't go anywhere. And then I also felt like that the second baseman did a really good job. We had a shortstop way back, Josh Horton, um, that did the same thing. If you watch him come in, his gloves held up, and he sees that the base runners are still there, and he just folds his glove down and hits the ball to the ground because he's got some instincts and makes a great play. Coach, I know that we can kind of laugh about it now uh, because obviously you've won and you've moved on, but – uh, boy, it was a testament to your team, though, wasn't it? I mean, given all the stuff that was going on. Listen, bad calls happen in all sports all the time. you got to deal with it. Uh, sometimes it's for your benefit. Sometimes it goes against you. But at the end of the day, uh, back against the wall, you come through this thing through the loser's bracket. said a lot about your baseball team. Yeah, no doubt. And our coaches, you know, they – for 18 innings, you know, I was – I was watching the game on TV, which was, you know, way different. But our coaches and our players – you know, they, they got it done, and that's hard to do, you know, to, to win two games in an elimination uh, bracket and to do that on the same day is just a credit to our players, number one, but also to to our assistant coaches. 
what was that Sunday like uh, for you? Where were you watching the games from? And, well, I mean, look, I this is nothing comparable to it. I'm a Little League coach, Scott, and I follow games sometimes when I can't make it. Like this weekend, I'm doing squeeze play uh, on ESPN, and I'm watching on Game Tracker and seeing where my kids are because someone's keeping track of it. You're watching it on TV, and you have no control over it. What was that like, and how did you watch the game? Yeah, um, you know, the rules are very clear about where you cannot be. So I was not allowed to be in the stadium. Um, so I had to be outside of the stadium. So I was not breaking the rule. I can't tell you where I was because that's a secret. <laughs> um, but I watched every pitch and I was able to find, you know, a live feed. Uh, so it wasn't a delay, you know, on TV, which was cool for me to be to, to watch it. Um, but it was hard. Like I was way more nervous pacing a lot but i was watching it with a group of people that were all tar heels so we made the most of it and we were a lot of high fives a lot of emotions excuse me <clears throat> we had a great time by the way you left your briefcase down here in the basement this weekend i was going to mention it to you uh by the time i got back you might you guys must have had a party down here in my house watching this ball game i, I wasn't going to say anything to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> We, we did have a good time. Um, you know, there was some. There was a really deep breath on that ball that Vance Honeycutt yeah. robbed yeah. because that ball's hit, and I'm like, man, he's going to catch that. And I'm like, oh no, that ball's going out. And to watch him rob it, and I just felt deep down that if we could get by Georgia, that we could do it. And uh, we found a way to do that by one run. So, but man, I, I tell you what, I did enjoy was watching our team and how hard they played and how much they were supporting one another and. I can see now even more by watching it on TV why so many people are enjoying watching these guys play. And so then you get to Monday and you get the regional final and you get to get back out of the field. And then we were watching it there on, on Squeeze Play and we showed you after the game and just the emotion that you had. Could you just describe what that was like? It's not just about winning the regional, but coming back from not being able to watch your team and then you get to watch your team up close and win a regional championship. What was going through you there? Um, I mean, honestly, before the game, we had uh, you know a very serious discussion because we were a little bit superstitious in baseball whether or not I should be here for the game. <laughs> uh, a backup plan for the home plate meeting to be ejected again, but I decided I would. Coach just let me stay. Yeah, you don't want to um, miss the first two of the super. Yeah, you don't want to miss first two. Of the super. Exactly. Um, you know, the emotions really came <clears throat> from looking back mm. on where we were at one point in the season at 8 and 13 in the ACC, you know, 23 and 17, and just seeing our guys and how ha <clears throat> happy they were. So I think that's it wasn't the emotions from being gone um, because it was about our players and our team. Um, honestly, it wasn't. It was just about like seeing them go from where they were to where they are now, which was really neat. So how'd they get there? What, where did it flip for you guys? You know what? We came back from Virginia. Um, you know, we, we lost a heartbreaker on Saturday. We'd been swept. Uh, we had one game against Liberty, and then we had exams. And sometimes exams can come at good times here or bad times. And we're not allowed to play a weekend series during exams. So we beat Liberty, which was a big win because they're a great club. And then we had a week off to kind of gather ourselves. Um, and then we had a, a game against Charlotte that we won in 10 innings. 
And I think the flipping point was when we went over to NC State. Uh, we found a way to win that series. We didn't play great, but we won two one-run games and won that series on the road, and we knew the rest of our games were at home for the most part, at least Wake Forest and Florida State. And I started to see that belief, and uh, we had success against Wake, and then Alberto Osuna you know, hit the walk-off home run on Thursday night against Florida State, and as soon as he hit that, it's like our whole team, you could just see like, okay, those guys are back to where they were early, where it's clear they think they can beat anybody. Coach, you're just putting salt in the wound of those folks in Raleigh uh, as NC State being the, the flipping point, and all of a sudden you beat them in uh, Charlotte for the ACC championship. How big a deal was that from a momentum standpoint for your program, to win the ACC title and then roll right into the regional, come out of the loser's bracket, and here comes Arkansas? Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know it's hard to win that ACC tournament. That's one of the hardest things, and a regional. Those are – Super regional, you know, it's two, it's two teams. It's like we've been playing all year. It's just a weekend series. But I think it really helped our team to play in that big of an environment um, with 10,500-plus fans against NC State. I don't think if we're playing somebody else or if NC State's playing somebody else, there are that many fans there. Um, so I thought that was really big for our entire team because, you know, as you, as you advance, the crowd should get bigger. They should be a little more rowdy, and you're hoping – to play in front of those crowds, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. You mentioned uh, when Vance Honeycutt caught that uh, fly ball late in that game, he has been just unbelievable this season. And for a freshman to come in, he's got 24 bombs, he's going to have 30 stolen bases, who knows what the future holds for him and, and how those numbers are going to go up. But what has impressed you the most about him as a freshman and how he's done? You know, his skill set, I don't know if I've ever seen that combination um, in all my years of power and speed. Uh, but what everybody else doesn't see is how hard he works and the type of kid and leader he already is. You know, just a total package. It's almost like having uh, 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 the best quarterback in the country on your baseball team. He's got that type of, of aptitude and, and He's a sponge. He listens. He wants to continue to get better. But just from the playing skill set, I, I have never seen a kid be able to do everything that he can do from the speed and power combination. Coach, I mentioned uh, with Arkansas coming to town, you two teams combined now for 20 Super Regional appearances. These are two big-time programs. Uh, what is it about this Arkansas team that grabs your attention immediately when you start doing a little paperwork? Just their tradition. Um, they really slug it offensively. Um, they're going to have power on the mound, but mostly the tradition. Uh, I've met Coach Van Horn on the road uh, recruiting, but I've never coached against them. I've always enjoyed watching them. Um, you know, it reminded me a lot of, of our type of teams, and he reminded me a lot of how Coach Fox, you know, they're going to be disciplined. They're going to play hard. There's not going to be a lot of extra stuff. Um, so it's two great teams that have been to the College World Series a lot, that have been in Super Regionals. So I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a great series uh, for our fans, for sure. Pitching is obviously something that can win or lose a, a regional or Super Regional. You certainly had enough in the regional. What's the plan here with Schaefer and Carlson and company here going into the weekend uh, for Friday, Saturday, and, and, and perhaps Sunday? Yeah, you know, that is that is one thing I couldn't be more proud of is, is how well we have pitched the second half of the season and how all of our pitchers 
have learned what they do well, you know, and Coach Gaines, our pitching coach, has helped them do that. Um, and that way we can match up. But we have, you know, our two starters are our two starters. Carlson will, will start game one on Saturday, and Schaefer will start game two. And we've been TBA in the third game, you know, pretty much the second half of the season. Um, so that's what we'll do. And, and, you know, we feel great about our bullpen right now. We feel like we can mix and match, and we feel like, you know, if we can get to Davis Palermo at the end, at least for those last six outs or three outs, we're in good shape. So I'm excited to watch these guys because they pitch really good for us down the stretch. And again, you know, Carlson pitched against NC State in the championship game, Schaefer, a Friday night game, the ACC tournament, also an elimination game. So they're ready for this for sure. Coach, if you could uh, correct one thing about college baseball, what would you do? Hmm. Oh, wow. Um, I would say that uh, – you know, they need to get that infield fly rule right. <laughs> Make sure that ball's well, in hey, the air, baby. Hey, those three guys <laughs> in uh, Chapel Hill said they did get it right. They don't know what your problem uh, is. That's great. That's great. <laughs> maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they did. Um, no, they classic. didn't. That's classic. Uh, no, no, they didn't. I, I, I would just say, you know, that the, I, I think it is in a great place right now. Um, you know, I think this transfer portal thing is going to be interesting. I, I, I don't, I can't say that it's it's great for college baseball. So, you know, we just have to see how that goes. But that would be the that would be the main thing, and, and maybe to be a little less nitpicky about, you know, the the some of these new rules they come up with every year, and just let the game be the game. Speaking of that, the super regional format I love because it's best two out of three. It's a weekend series. You're doing it all year long. The regional format is something that's been tinkered with over the last 30, 40 years, right? And it's been in this format for a while. It used to be six-team regionals. Now it's four-team regionals. But you lose a game, you got to win five. You you know, you have to win four. How many teams have that depth of pitching? There's been that floated idea. I know Mike Rooney, my buddy, says, let's do 32 hosts and have it just be all all best of three series. Would you change the regional format um, at all? What What do you make of it? You know what? Um, I, th- I think it's good. Uh, okay. The one thing I would change now that I've had a second to think about it is I think the teams that are awarded the host sites um, are awarded them for a reason. And they should be the home team the entire time mm. because they're hosting. Um, that's the way it should work. It shouldn't be like, well, we got to do this, we have to do that. Well, that's the case, and all the sites should be neutral. Um, and, and that's the thing I would change. But I think the regional format, that the way they've done it now to get it down to the 64 and then get it down to the super regional has been good. All right, before I let you go, uh, we've been asking coaches this question for the last couple of months on the show. Um, when it comes to you specifically, what would be your walk-up music? Whether it be getting out of bed, going to work today, <laughs> or game day, whatever the case, what, what's your go-to? Oh, man. Um it would probably be some type of country song um, that talked about trucks, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm from North Coach. Carolina. You want me to give you a specific song? No, 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 no. Wait, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But, again, I'm not the biggest country fan necessarily, but I, I think every country song involves trucks, doesn't it? I mean, you're not telling me something I don't already know. <laughs> yeah, probably trucks, drinking beer, heartbreak. Um <laughs> Yeah, I would probably go with, uh, I don't know, let's just go with God's Country with Blake Shelton. That'll work. 
right. And the reason I ask you that question is because I have total confidence that uh, you're going to survive this weekend and get to Omaha. And when we have you back, that's what we're going to play as your walk-in and lead-in to the next interview. That's the deal. Sounds like a plan to me. All right. Well, listen, uh, you be nice to those umpires this weekend and behave yourself. (laughs) We'll touch base next week. I'll I'll try my best. You got it, Coach. Take care of yourself. All right. Y'all have a great day. Off he goes. Scott Forbes, head baseball coach, North Carolina. I thought he was going to have another joke like it's hit the road, Jack, you know, like the ejection song, like all that stuff. You you can laugh about that stuff now because you win. But I like that. Like he's just – he he gets it. He had the infield fly jokes and all that. And yes, you can joke about it after you win. But there were a lot of things in college baseball and the whole replay aspect of it. And the fact that if you watch that play again and again, when a player is intentionally dropping a ball, you've screwed up as an umpire. That's it. I mean, the, the evidence is the second baseman dropping the ball, and he did it intentionally. It wasn't like, oh, I just missed the ball. They don't miss those balls. No. So he dropped it, gets the double play. And Forbes was absolutely correct. He had the Louisville replay, which he was out. Now, does that change things? I don't know. Here's the here's the uh, the second base. Look at him. Drops the ball. Boom. Oh, I dropped it. No, you didn't. He knew what he was doing. They turn two, tag out because that's not a force there after they get the, t- the out at second. And Forbes loses his mind. And he's rightfully so. We've got to be better. We have got to be better. This is little league baseball stuff. And... I mean, again, I joke about it. I'm a Little League coach. This is stuff that drives coaches, parents crazy when umpires don't get the stuff right. And then when you have a replay, like you had in Louisville, Michigan. I know this is ACC uh, channel. They screwed it up. Players need to be rewarded for plays. And they need to be punished for stuff like that. And well, you gotta it just get drives the little, you nuts. you got to get the little things right. You have replay. Yes, the little things right. And then you have replay to correct egregious errors. What are we doing? This is the out at second. This is the interference at second that they call. It's just a terrible call. And look at him slide, okay? He's not kicking his foot up. He's going into the base, and it's interference. Like, what do you want? What do you want to do? That play with Maryland, former ACC team, when you had Bubba Bubba Aileen go into first base, and the home plate umpire makes the call. Oh, he ran into the infield. He, He ran out of the baseline. By the letter of the law, is that true? Maybe, but watch the play. See if it impacted it. It's it's, it's it, like it's, th- those kind of things where you go make the right calls, but don't inject yourself into the game if right. you can prevent it. Right, that's exactly right. But but it's hard. Listen, being an umpire, it. being a referee, uh, you pick a sport. It's difficult, right? But you do have to get the little ones right. That wasn't a bang bang play. That was a simple call to Damn. me. That was a simple the, call. The Maryland one? The Maryland one yeah. and the two in North Carolina. Right. Those are simple calls. Right. Right? That, that wasn't one of those bang, bang, block charge. Oh, I don't know. It could have gone either way. No. You got to get those right. And, and that's, that's why Forbes lost his mind. Yeah. And then he, he should. He gets suspended for a couple of games. And, and that even that rule was stupid to me. How about the fact that umpires, they're giving the ejection on the field. Like two games. You got two games. Like, whoa, whoa. Well, well, yeah, whoa that's out. what happens. See, that to me is, is wow. wrong. That's almost comical. All right, we're running late as usual, but no problem. Good stuff. Show ends almost in 10 minutes. Let's go. And uh, you are, I got to tell you, you're looking good. Much better than the last time you were here in the basement. Still got this the sunglasses. Time. That's all right. You, you got that under control. We'll come right back to you. It's Packer and Durham. That's Matt Chick, by the way, filling in for Wes. You guys, right here on ACC Network. The Packer and Durham Podcast.
This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Tune in. All ACC Friday night. They're going to recap all the Super Regional action. Look ahead to North Carolina's opener on Saturday morning. That begins technically at midnight on Friday. So if it's yeah. a 12.01, that would be Saturday morning. All right? Midnight, midnight, midnight. It's 12 a.m., though. That's Saturday. 12.01 is. What? Midnight Friday. All ACC. All right. That's how we go. Well, we can't change the promos. That's it. Once the promos locked and loaded, that's how we roll. That's the deal. Many thanks to Scott Forbes, baseball coach at North Carolina. Ryan Metz at Virginia Tech, who is outstanding. And Gabby Sanchez breaking down all the super regional action. Man, good having you back in this the studio. It's been great. It's been, uh, I, I felt I did something wrong. Did you change the locks? It's the first time I've been back in like a year. Like, let's let's be friends again. Dude, you, what are you talking about? You got an open door invitation. You got your name up there. You've signed the, uh, the, the board. That's right. I have signed the board. So once you sign That's the board, right. you've okay. you're right. got membership. Okay. Free membership for life. All right. Careful what you wish for. By the way, today, NCAA track and field yep. championships get started out in beautiful Eugene, Oregon. The men today, the women tomorrow. And our buddy, uh, Trey Cunningham, who's the favorite to win the hurdles. He's the guy I've got the bet with. He ran the 60-meter hurdles in seven point whatever seconds. I said I could eat a donut before he finished his <laughs> 60 meters. He said, you are wrong, Mark Packer. What kind of donut? Uh, it'd have to be a Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts a little heavier. Yeah, get a jelly. Cl- it's like, nah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm going hot Krispy Kreme. It doesn't hot, look like no. you're eating a lot of donuts. You're Dude, in great I'm down, shape, man. Brother. You're, you're I wouldn't say great shape, but yeah. uh, it's improvement. Everything's a that? comparison. Right? Keep it in moderation. Uh, great having you here, you as too. always. Great to be here, man. Uh, West Durham is apparently back tomorrow from Cartersville, Georgia. I appreciate that. Always great with uh, Chrissy and the rest of the smart people up in Bristol. we got to get out of here. Folks, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We'll catch you tomorrow right here on ACC network tune into packer and durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 eastern for the best conversations about everything from the acc find it on the acc network sirius xm channel 371 and streaming on the espn app